Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week we have a special worship service led by our youth group who went on a mission trip to Boston. We have some students who share their experience from the trip. You'll hear from Reese, Samara, Levi, and Julia. Well, thank you, Julia, for making that. She made that all kind of on the go, on Canva, on laptop, on a phone, because we didn't have much time. We got back last night. Our flight landed around uh, 8.30, 8.40, but then we sat and waited for... Uh, to dock for like 30 minutes and then got out. So kids didn't get home till probably 10, 30, 11. Uh, and then just to give you an idea of how the week started for us, uh, we left Saturday night. Our flight left uh, Denver around six. Well, it, it got started late, didn't it? It left at eight. We sat that long. So it was supposed to leave around 6.45, right? Uh, and so then we arrived in Boston an hour later uh, so it was 1.30 in the morning there, and then we went to the car rental place, and apparently there had been a lot of backed up uh, flights, so there was a huge line at Avis Car Rental that we sat in for two hours, all right? <laughs> and then we had to drive to our hotel. We didn't get to our hotel till what, 5 a.m., uh, which we were like, we, we don't have any time to stay there anymore, so... Yeah, and then they didn't have our rooms, technically, but that was actually Tammy's. Uh... <laughs> it, was, it was late. Uh, her brain wasn't functioning great, so she had put, uh, she just said her name, and they said, we only have one room, and her heart just sank and then started, you know, start, you start to panic, right? And then she realized, oh, she had put the other rooms under different names of people on our trip. So they were there, uh, but... It was a whole ordeal, and so we slept from like 5.30 until 10.30, 11, something like that, because we got, had to be out at noon. So we got started for the week dead tired, right? Uh, and that time change is big, because every morning we got up at 6.30, and that's 4.30 this time. Uh, and so today I'm feeling the time change and the tiredness and exhaustion and everything. I'm sure everybody else is here is feeling that here as well. Uh, just to kind of give you an overview, Tammy gave you a little bit of what we did. We went with Next Step Ministries, and uh, they had different projects throughout. Uh, we're kind of slightly outside of Boston in the Stoneham and uh, Reading area, which it's spelled reading, but you pronounce it Reading, okay? Uh, and it was a nice area, nice people. I was expecting uh, going to the Northeast. I haven't been there very often. You know, you, they get that reputation of, like, they just tell it like it is, and they kind of, driving is really aggressive. That part's true, but it's like, it's like aggressive nice. Um, and when you have a big 12-passenger van, that, that's helpful. Uh, <laughs> and I want to clear something up. I did get stopped by the police, um, but it was because my lights weren't on. <laughs> It was at night, and we were leaving to go to the showers, and uh, usually newer cars, this is like a brand new 12-passenger van, usually they're automatic, right? 
they weren't, and so I had to turn them on. They stopped us, but then got suspicious when there's a van full of kids and everything. So, uh, um, but it all worked out. And then I'll say this now, because I bet somebody's going to say it uh, in one of their things. Uh, the next day, uh, we <laughs> was trying to make a sharp, what? Well, that's why I'm going to say it. <laughs> I want to get ahead of it here. Um, so then the next day, I was trying to make a sharp turn somewhere, and I couldn't, and there wasn't room, and so then I put it in reverse to back up and backed into somebody behind me. It was a love tap, okay? It wasn't, it wasn't anything big. We both got out. There was no damage anywhere to either car. So then the rest of the week, the kids had to bother me about being a bad driver. So, uh, so you'll hear that uh, probably from Levi, yes. Um, but you're going to hear from a couple of our kids about their experience this week, and I think uh, a lot of them had great experiences. I think we all did. This is one of those trips that went very smoothly. Uh, we had good, a good time together. We got along together, I, and I want to attribute that, too, to our seniors. Our seniors worked really well with all the other kids and were good examples and leaders on the trip, so I want to thank them for that. So we'll get started with these uh, testimonies and stories from the week, and we're going to start with uh, Reese Plummer. She's going to come up and share with us her experience on the Boston mission trip. Um, I, I, I will be a senior in the fall at Cal View High School. Um, <clears throat> this was my third mission trip with New Hope. My first year was Alamosa, which was an interesting mission trip to say the least, kind of screwed up what my expectations should look like for a mission trip. Then we went out to Mexico, um, had my little ordeal with peanuts. We lived and we learned, we're doing better now. Um, and then this is my third mission trip out in Boston. Um, at this point, going on mission trips is just kind of like tradition for me. It feels like it's not going to be a summer without a New Hope mission trip. So I was like, of course I'm going to go. But also, my junior year, I loaded my schedule up. I pushed myself to a breaking point, And um, the consequence of that was putting youth group aside and not committing. So I was like, what better way to reconnect with my people than go spend a week with them serving others? Um, so getting right into it, I saw God at work on this trip in many different ways. But I think the biggest part was definitely in the soup kitchen. Um, the soup kitchen was called my brother's table in Boston, and when we got there, I was like, I don't know what to expect, man. Like, they were like, you're just going to pack some lunches. Wow, we're really working hard, getting dirty. Other groups working in mud, building stuff, and we're putting little sandwiches in a bag. We're really doing the work, you know? <clears throat> um, but as, as time went on, I realized what difference we were making. Um, it started out with making sandwiches not peanut butter and jellies, as Tammy so insisted me to do. Um, stayed plenty clear of the peanuts this trip. But, um, and then I realized how many sandwiches we made, and it was like 300 plus a day. And then I put that in perspective, and that was 300 plus people on the streets a day who had a chance to eat, who normally don't get the chance to eat. Um, and then as we handed out the meals, the people coming in, um, you know, some people just wanted the meal to go, and they were in and they were out, but other people took the time to really be thankful for it. And hearing them say, like, thank you so much, like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to eat today, like, thank you for the work you were putting in, um, it was, it was powerful, and, and as Tammy mentioned earlier, like, the people there at first were not receptive to us, they're like, oh, great, another group of teenagers, what are they going to mess up this time, um, 
But by day two, um, the head kitchen for morning, or the leader for the morning staff, his name was Raul. He was interesting. He was very, um, he'd be like, you need to be making bags faster. And then 10 minutes later, he'd be like, too many bags, too many bags, stop, stop. Um, but he grew very fond of us. He was always excited to see us. Um, he was like, Tammy, I want to make a TikTok with you guys. I want to make a video. Like, I need to remember you guys. Um, so watching him open up and be more receptive of our work was very rewarding. Seeing like the power of love that we brought in, affecting people, opening them up, changing their perspective on us. Um, and then there was Kia um, working in the kitchen. She was an angel and she gave us all nicknames and that was so fun. Like watching her open up to the love that we were trying to offer. Um, and then there were a couple regulars um, from the community that would come in and get food. One was Anthony. He was a character for sure. Um, came in, got the same coffee order every day. Um, and he was, he was sad to see us go. Like he looked forward to seeing us every day. Um, so that was just wonderful. And then the, I mean, the power of the spirit of God in the, uh, in the church while we were worshiping every day was so powerful. Um, our, our little leader, Zandria, she was the lead worshiper at Next Up. Um, for our little trip, and she sang every song, and watching her glow. So for context, Zandria wasn't super talkative. She didn't say much. She kept to herself, and she'd get up there and sing, and like you could see the light come off of her. Like She had no better time on that trip than singing Praising Lord, and that was so fulfilling to watch, um, just her energy for that. And so I think God put this trip in my life to kind of redefine what he's supposed to look like for me. Um, our first day of worship, we watched a video about believing in something you can't see and the power behind that. Um, so you can see what God makes, but you can't see God. And so putting trust and belief in something you cannot see or maybe hear or feel, but it is there, um, I struggle with that. I, I have to be tangible. So trying to put my trust and my belief and a love into something I can't feel or see or hear or touch, any of that was tough. Um, but by the end of the trip, I realized that God put Zandra in my life to be that tangible representation of his love and his passion. Um, I, I really wish I had more people like Zandra in my life. She was so powerful. She was resilient. She was forgiving. Um, she had no expectations for our group. She held nothing against us. Um, we were definitely not the most easy group to work with, but she took us in and she loved us. And watching her be so happy to worship God made such a difference for me. And so coming out of this trip, I was like, I need to commit back to my youth group. I need to be here. These people are my tangible God. They show me the love that I'm supposed to feel. They show me the kindness and, and that feeling. And before this, I, I just wasn't happy. I wasn't myself. I wasn't feeling great. And going on this trip, I just felt like that was restored. And I want to thank everybody for that and I think that was God's working was just reminding me that he is there to do that for me and while I, I struggle to see things tangible seeing him work through other people is my tangible God um, so I need to continue looking for those tangible people and until then I will be committed back to youth to feel his love and his forgiveness and his kindness thank you Um, you heard a little bit how there was kind of resistance to help 
and um, it took a while for people to get vulnerable together, uh, to work together. We weren't the only group there uh, this week, and this was the first week for Next Step Ministries. They're going to have eight more weeks uh, during the summer of groups coming in, and we were the first ones. Uh, and so it was us, the group from Colorado, then there's a group from Texas. Uh, we were PCUSA, they were Lutheran Missouri Synod, and then Next Steps is a little more evangelical. So we had like these three different uh, types of theologies and ideologies going on, and at the beginning of the week, you could kind of feel some of those, those tensions. Uh, but by the end of the week, uh, everybody was working well together, giving hugs, uh, crying as they left, and I think that's the good work of mission trips, where everything else that can divide us kind of um, dissolves away, and you're left with just reminding each other that we are all just people, just like each other, and that uh, people are who God cares for, and we want to care for people as well. Uh, making great friendships with Zandria. I know Carson was our leader on the uh, boardwalk, and these are, these are like 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. Zandria was 19, so she just got done with her first year of college. Carson was going to be a senior in college this coming fall. We actually, our cook was actually a 17-year-old, uh, somebody from Wisconsin named Jocelyn, uh, and she's, she applied to work, and they accepted her, and she's been going to be working there all summer. Uh, so it's kind of cool to get to know all of the different leaders from Next Steps uh, as, as they were figuring things out along with us. Uh, Samara is going to come up and give her, her little testimony here of what she experienced on the trip. Samara was, uh, is Luke Kinsley's cousin, and we didn't know Samara before the trip. So we all met her the first day, and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about that. Well, hello, as Jordan did say, oh, Luke is my cousin, and that is how I ended up being here. I know you're like, I've never seen that girl before. Well, surprise, that is the reason. Okay, so hi, I'm Samara Dusing. I'm from Texas, San Antonio to be specific. I'm going into the 11th grade, and I go to Harlan High School. So for context, this is my first ever mission trip. Um, I was super scared because first of all, I've never met these people. I was like, what if they don't like me? What if they hate me? And I was telling Luke, I was just like, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I think I'm just gonna stay home, enjoy my summer. I got out really late for school. So my, I, I came the last day of school. I flew here my last day of school and I was super nervous and I was just like, okay, like we're just gonna go through it. Um, I was very hesitant about coming first. My brother, um, he's still in Texas, but we're adopted, so me and him are biological. He's my only brother, my only family. And so I was missing his graduation coming on this trip. And I remember, um, like, the week before, I was on the phone, I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not. I'm staying home. I want to see my brother graduate. Like, this is a big moment for him. Like, I'm just not going. And my mom was like, you're going. You're going. There's no, there's no turning back. And I'm sitting here like, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. And I'm a pretty extroverted person. So for me, being nervous and scared was, like, unsettling, was something very new for me. But I remember... I came here, and Luke, we're on the phone, and he's just like, you're going to love everyone. They're going to love you. 
And we're at the airport, we're driving there, and Tammy walks in with all her little suitcases, her little outfit, and she's like, Samir! I'm like, whoa, like, I've never, I've never seen someone this happy to meet a stranger. Like, what is wrong with this woman? Like, who is she? And I'm sitting there like, hey, girl, hey, who are you? And like, like a ball, like, I could just see the energy in her. And I was just like, wow, like, you know, maybe let's see where this trip takes us. Let's just, you know, continue with the week and see how this goes. And so we're getting on the flight. We're waiting for like 10 hours to get on the plane. And I'm just like, all right, come on. So I'm just like, let me introduce myself to um, the people on this trip. Let me get to know little people. And so instant conversation, I was just like, these people have gotten them. They have a mission, they have a goal, and I've never felt this welcome. I've never felt this love from anyone, especially that I'm a stranger. I was just like, wow, like, just that's all, because I don't have words to explain how genuine the love was, how sweet the love was. So when we got to Boston, <laughs> I was staying with Luke um, and Gigi, and something about me, I sleep. I love to sleep. I, I can fall asleep anywhere, give me 0.2 seconds and I'm out. And I just fell asleep on Gigi. I was like, I know we just met, but I was gonna fall asleep right here. <laughs> but she just showed straight love. Like that's all it was this whole entire trip. So how did I see God work through, um, how did I see God work on this trip? I saw God through these people. Like I honestly, I, you haven't gotten to meet them. They are the most, I don't even have, like, they feel like just being around them, my heart was filled. And I remember waking up on the first morning and we were sitting there and they're like, yeah, you have to be up at 6.30. Whoa. Whoa. I'm a type of girl that wakes up at noon, maybe one, you know, it depends on what I did the night before. But I was just like, 6.30? And I remember, like, the first day I was so mad. I was just like, I don't want to be here. Like, why am I here? It's 6.30 in the morning. But I woke up and everyone was just so happy. Like, I woke up with like 10 hugs. I was like, what? They're like, good morning, Samir. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I was just like, thank you. Like, I was like, <sighs> and so waking up to these people, waking up to their love is something amazing. And I want to talk about Tammy. So <laughs> me and her got really close this trip because I felt that I could just tell her anything and without being judged. I've never been in an instance where I could be myself, 100% myself around someone, especially an adult, and feel like I'm gonna open you with open arms. And I just remember sitting next to her one day and I was just crying and I was just like, you were like the sweetest person I've ever met. Like. I'm so happy that I've gotten to know you. And I got her number. I remember one day we were just doing her little lashes and she was just telling me like, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so grateful you're here. Like just the love and generosity that these people have given me. I, I will be back next year, so. <laughs> I will be back next year. And thank y'all, like from the bottom of my heart, thank y'all for all of you. I remember Katie, I remember waking up one morning, it was like the fourth night, and I was just like, I can't do it. I ran out of Monsters, I ran out of Red Bull, I had no coffee, I was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm staying in this little air mattress under my blanket, I'm staying here. And she just woke up and she's like, 
come here and give me a hug. And that was the warmest hug. Like, I could just feel her soul, like, connecting to mine, just filling my heart and my tiredness. Like, even when I was weak, they lifted me up in the car when we had... We were just in the car, we would just sit there and talk and listen to music and just have our little dance parties. It was the best thing ever. And so I know we went out and were there to help other people, but they helped me. And that was the best part of the trip. That was like, they're literally my family now. And if you haven't gotten to know them, like they are amazing. I wish there were more words, but my vocabulary is not that big. I'm a little slow, but like if there were, if there was a bigger vocabulary to explain it, like I couldn't. And I remember um, my aunt gave me uh, the letters to write each other. She's like, oh, here's 16 letters you have to write. I was like, be so for real. 16 letters, how? I don't know these people. What am I, what am I gonna write? And so I remember sitting on the plane and I wrote everyone, I wrote the whole thing. And I was just like, I wish I had pages on pages on pages to write them because there's, there's nothing I can say to just tell them how grateful and how amazing they were to me. And even though we're there to help other people, they helped me in ways I cannot explain. And I was like, I wanna go home back to Texas and show the people there this love because if they even had an ounce, a third of what these people have showed me, they're gonna be changed in ways that they don't even understand. So I wanna say thank y'all for the love and the everything y'all showed me to our seniors and opening me with open arms. And I can't wait to see y'all next year, thank you. And both Reese and Samara uh, worked in the soup kitchen uh, together. And uh, the next two are going to be talking about their experience at the boardwalk, where we were building uh, the boardwalk. It was raining the whole day we got there the first day, so we painted uh, the showers at the pool for the Boys and Girls Club. So on Tuesday, when we went to the boardwalk to start doing it, it's, they had the boardwalk for a reason. It's kind of a marshy place. And so it was muddy, uh, extremely muddy. And so that was our experience the first day doing that, getting really dirty. And, uh, but man, they just kept the spirits up. Uh, I, I got to work with them quite a bit, but then I had to make trips back and forth, driving some different people, different places. Uh, so every time I would show up, it'd still be the same. Everybody was working hard and getting stuff done. EJ was shouting, great job, the whole time. <laughs> so really, there was a lot of joy and love uh, on this trip. Levi's gonna, Levi? Yeah, Levi's gonna come up next. And he's gonna talk about his experience in Boston. Yeah, Hello, I'm Levi. I'm originally uh, from Missouri, and I'm not going to lie. When they asked people to do testimonies, I don't know why I put my hand up. <laughs> I hate public speaking. But uh, this was my second mission trip I was able to go on. The first one was Alamosa, and that one was something. This one, this one was a lot better, but I honestly didn't plan on going on this one, but Tammy and Jordan and a few other people were like, why not just go? And I was like... Okay, Tammy, but I can't pay you all at once. <laughs> but so then, yeah, after, after so many people asked me, I figured why not, it wouldn't hurt to go. And then um, I really feel like I got closer to God on this trip. There were a lot of people, especially the leaders, 
on our the construction crew, Jordan and EJ. They were so like enthusiastic and happy the whole time. <laughs> um, and I just want to point out when Jordan said he backed into a car, he had a 15-inch touchscreen in the front of the car <laughs> and a backup camera. <laughs> And Julia can attest to this. When Jordan put it in reverse, it wasn't like a settle, like slow. It was pedal to the metal. <laughs> Straight into the car. And Jordan's like, no, I don't think I hit him. But uh, that was mad funny. And then, um, let's see. Um, on the boardwalk trip, our, our leader, Carson, he was super helpful to everybody. And it was, I got to teach uh, Eric and Evan how to use a drill. And that was super fun. And then one morning, I woke up with Luke. It was like, it's like 5 a.m. probably. And I woke up and I'm on Luke's bed. And we're like, we're full on cuddling. <laughs> to be fair, that was the first night. It was probably like 40 degrees in that room. Um, but I really want to thank everybody on this trip for kind of just welcoming everybody. And although the Texans were kind of scary. Everyone else was super welcoming, and all the leaders and all the friends. I didn't really know a lot of them super closely, but after I got to know everyone, it was super fun. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, mine's not as long as everyone else's, but I really don't want to talk anymore, so. Uh. We, we would have been sunk on our project without Levi and Julia. They, they know tools, they know how to build, um, and they really helped our uh, younger kids uh, do a lot. Um, so then that EJ and I could kind of step back. I, Carson told me at the end of the week, he said, I was kind of confused and wasn't sure about what you guys were doing those first couple of days because usually what happens on these trips, the adults are like, we know what we're doing and we're going to, do this and kids are just going to help us, right? That tends to happen. And instead, EJ and I just decided to do demolition together. So we cleared the way and they were the ones to build the whole boardwalk. And so Carson was like, that didn't make any sense to me. I thought we weren't going to get anywhere the whole week. Uh, but at the end of the week, he's like, you know, that actually worked extremely well. You gave them the space to be who they are and to do the work and trust them to do it. And we got so close to finishing the whole project. We had about, what, 20 feet left? Yeah, two sections left, so that was 20 feet, about, yep. So we got really close. So um, Julia's gonna come up and speak more about that experience at the boardwalk. Come on up, Julia. All right, um, my name is Julia Slagle, and I just graduated this year from Castleview. And unlike most of the people over here who uh, talked about this mission trip, I wanted to kind of do a summary of all four of the mission trips that I've been on. So um, this was my fourth mission trip. And I've, uh, I've been avoiding this, this speech for four years. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm, I went four years without 
having to stand up here because it's a little scary. Um, so bear with me. <laughs> now I know what you guys are thinking. Why would you want to go on a mission trip for a week? Why would anyone want to sleep on the floor for a week and get up every morning at the crack of dawn and <laughs> uh, to do physical labor for free? Yeah. Uh, who would want to do that? Yeah, no. Um, but many of you might be wondering why one might want to go on a mission trip. Now, most people go on a mission trip for four reasons. Number one, to get closer to God. Now, that's kind of a given, if you ask me. Um, two, to get to go new, to get to go to new places, maybe see new things and experience a new culture. Three, because your mother made you. <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to call out about half of our group over here and say, oh, just to have a nice vacation with friends. Uh, Maddie. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks to my mother's years of experience and expertise, which is 18 years, might I add. <laughs> um, imagine having to stay with dirty, smelly high school students for 18 weeks of your life. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> so you see what I mean when I say I knew what I was getting into. I knew what going in each year that I was going to not only help a community, but be put into, worse, into the worst conditions I've ever had to experience. Sleeping on floors in the hot and humid air and not being able to have ice and a drink or air conditioning. But what I wasn't prepared for was the impact that it would have on me. Now, if there's one thing anyone knows about me is that I'm great with my hands. <laughs> I love to build and construct things, much to Tammy's dismay. <laughs> every year she comes to me and asks if I'd like to be in her relational group, and every year I say no. <laughs> I can't imagine doing anything else, which is ironic, because every year I curse myself for putting myself in a group with all guys. <laughs> You have no idea the smell five guy, sweaty guys can produce. <laughs> Especially when crammed into a van with them. <sighs> okay. Once again, ew. <laughs> you haven't experienced a construction crew on a mission trip without crying and sweating and not knowing the difference between the two. Putting your whole mind and body into work on something and trying not to kill the person next to you is a feat in and of itself. <laughs> and the thing is, at the end of the day, or at the end of the week, I get to look back and see the progress that we may have made and see the impact that we've had on a person, a family, or a community. And looking back each time, I have no regrets. Going in, what I didn't realize is that what we do on these trips can change the way we look at our community our friends, and our family, going home and realizing how much we have, seeing how much I take for granted, looking at my running hot shower and seeing how much that's a gift to have, coming back home with my friends each year and seeing the impact a week can have, not only on one person, but an entire group of people. <sighs> to see how close we have become, <laughs> how close we have come together, become over the years, all because of four weeks we took out of our lives to make a difference. No matter how big or small a difference we make, we still make it. Now, I go on these mission trips because it's 
It's in the work that we put in, the smiling faces of every person walking on that boardwalk, or the people of a community who share everything and see the good in the little that they have. It's the little boys and girls running around a new playground, or the smiling face of a man with a roof on his house once more. It's the little glimpses of faith, kindness, and love that have pushed me to keep going on these trips. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you believe or how little or how much you struggle to understand God because at the end of the week, it's the impact that we have, the difference that we make that truly matters. Thank you. EJ is gonna say a few words as well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to get through it. Um, so one of the scripture passages that we had this week uh, was out of Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And I really kind of feel like the message, the paraphrase often gives a really rich interpretation of what that passage is. So I'm going to be reading this from the message. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light bringing out the God colors. In the world, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Well, I want to tell you, I had to wear sunglasses because they were shining and making me blind. Uh, Jordan, Tammy, Will, Evan, Eric, Maddie, Luke, Levi, Gigi, Samara, Reese, Katie, and Julia. You are a huge gift. <laughs> you changed my life. Um, one of my favorite attributes of God is God's goodness. And Meredith, the, the team leader of Next Step, I mean, she underlined that all the time when she prayed. Whether it was our morning before we were sent out, um, whether it was in the evening, um, she just talked about how good God is. And um, you all are a reflection of that. Um, I'm so grateful. And I want to thank the parents for trusting us. Um, and uh, I also want to thank the community here at New Hope because there's no way we could have done this without your financial support, without your prayers, um, and just without your encouragement. So I just wanted to, to thank you all. You all are amazing.
So um, a little bit of background before I say this next thing, because I wanted to say this, I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, remember when you all got emotional that night, and then all of a sudden it just dissolved into chaos after that? Um, so for me in my life in ministry and just personal faith, uh, for a long time I was within Christian culture that you just had to act a certain way. You couldn't be your authentic self. You tried to be a version of yourself. And it took a long time for me... <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it took a long time for me to shed that. And this group... Um, one of my missions in ministry ever since I started, started it was that I wanted people to fa feel safe, valued, and loved. And that's actually really hard to do, okay? Because people are vastly different. People have different personalities. It's really hard to let everyone be their authentic self. And this trip, um, that night, Wednesday night, Samara kind of shared what she shared up here about feeling very welcomed into the group for who she was. She didn't feel like she had to be anybody else, that she was loved for that. And it felt like one of those moments in ministry, those glimpses of hope, that you're like, we're doing the right thing. Because throughout ministry, you, you plant seeds, and that's the idea. You're planting seeds. You're not going to see everything come to fruition People have their own faith journeys. And this is one of those moments where you got to see that the seed has grown. Because this group got to be their authentic selves. Um, I'm not, this is, I'm, I'm not going to bash on the Texas team, uh, but... <laughs> so just my experience with many mission trips and many churches and, and different church cultures... To me, they were, they, they were just the youth group. They looked exactly like a youth group, act like a youth group, the kind of acting like putting on that mask. This is who we are as a youth group. This is who I am as a Christian. But you kind of knew that really wasn't who they were. And our kids were, which can cause a leader like me a little anxiety. <laughs> because uh, when... When you step into that culture with kids being their authentic selves, but people trying to put on some kind of facade, it shakes them. They're like, well, that's not really how we act properly, or that's how we talk, or that's what we believe. But really, I've seen the fruit of it from you guys. Um, and you three guys, I've been with you since you're in children's ministry. It's been incredible seeing you grow up, the young men you're becoming. Uh, the leaders here, uh, the seniors and juniors, uh, Levi, you've had so much growth in the last two years <laughs> knowing you. Um, the onions, yeah. <laughs> Levi was crying at the airport. I said, did somebody cut onions here? Um, Well, now you made me lose my spot. Uh, 
Levi led in prayer and devotions this week, and uh, if you know Levi, that's just not his lane. Um, but man, I saw, I saw that, that faith grow, and it's incredible as, as a youth pastor, as youth leaders, like Tammy and EJ can speak to it, uh, but to see those little glimpses. Um, and so I just want to thank the whole group here for doing that. And just know to continue to be who you are, uh, to be yourself because you are worthy, you are loved, and nothing changes that, not even the Texas group. <laughs> um, fun little story to end it because uh, I'm not usually a competitive person, but this was a proud moment for me. So Next Step Ministries at the beginning of the week said so they have these points they'll hand out if, you've, if they, you've done something great or you cleaned really well or you did something great on the job site, which to me is like that is the worst idea in the world to do on a mission trip because it's about serving. It's not serving to get points. It's not serving to get something in return. And then it set it up as a competition for all the groups because at the end of the week if you won you got to sign the gold hammer and every team that wins during the summer gets to sign this gold hammer statue um yeah so <laughs> so the last night they're kind of revealing the points my crew crew three uh all week we were not getting any points right no points. I had some. We had like 125, 125 points. And, um, but I, Carson had told me, our leader, he told me during the week, he wasn't handing them out. He was just tallying them for us, which ended up being really smart because we weren't thinking about points. We were just doing what we wanted to do to help others. Um, and at the end of the week, uh, all week, the, there was, was it Team 5? The Texas group? Two. Two? Five. Five was the one that kept getting points every, every day, and we were just sitting there, and we're like, whatever, they're going to win. So we weren't really competitive in it at all. And then the last night, they said, you know, who got second place, I think it was group two. And then we're like, oh, group five is going to get it. And then they said group three. And the whole sanctuary just got really loud from cheering from our group and then just like yeah, complaining and shouting no way from the other group. It was chaos. <laughs> and I was just sitting there stunned like how, how did we win? Um, but I was really proud to see uh, our kids sign that because the fact that they weren't trying to do it. Um, They're just trying to serve and help people and be together. Um, and I think that's just a good lesson for ministry and serving in general. Uh, <laughs> EJ and I joked uh, after that that we were like, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And <laughs> but it's kind of true. I mean, if you're not seeking, uh, you're not seeking recognition or power or things like that, and you're just doing the good work of love in the world, eventually it does pay off. So thank you for showing me that again. It's been kind of a, uh, a weird and difficult year of ministry, 
Um, it gives me renewed hope. I know I'm still going to be tired because we've got VBS this next week. <laughs> Which, a reminder, if you're, you're helping out and volunteering, there's training downstairs from 11 to 12.30. Um, so this is what this trip has been about. It's being your authentic selves because I think when you're your authentic self, that's when God's love can really change you. When you are accepted for who you are, that's when things can change. So friends, would you please stand for the benediction? May you take these stories you heard from our kids this week, may it renew your hope into the kingdom of God. May you go out and love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.